Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another season of the Dual Threat Podcast. This is season four, episode one. We are coming back for the NFL football season 2000, 2023 to 2024. Wow, Scooter. I, I We were just talking and I said, I'm breaking off the rust. It's it, I'm really <laughs> rusty right now. But here we are. How are you feeling, Scooter? We're, we're all sorts of out of we're all sorts of out of sorts right now. I think it's the only way to put it because we'd already forgotten our password to our account to actually even record the podcast. Um, we just clearly we've been on too long of a hiatus and I, I think we're coming back. We're coming back hot, but no one really knew it was the, it was the comeback. No one was expecting. No one had sourced this comeback from what I know. I've only heard of one better comeback before. And that was the Kim Kardashian comeback. Mm, mm, yep i agree chris pratt original right there so we're uh, here but we're back <laughs> we're we're definitely back hot now uh, <laughs> but really just excited excited to be back in the, the mindset of football it's been a long every every year every passing year of my life the summer between the super bowl ending well really for me march madness ending and that crisp smell of football in the air in like August, the summers get longer. I'm I'm positive. And something about football coming back just warms my heart. Like it sucks seeing summer leave and like golf start to slow down. But yeah. something about football being back just warms my heart. It makes me feel so good. Yep. It's just it's the uh it's, it's, it's football's like the holidays for me. Just associated. Just bring brings joy. So brings family, everything. It's like a second religion. It's better than religion. Better than religion. <laughs> let's, <go back. laughs> let's get into it before we get off the rails even more. My favorite religion is football. I'll put that out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay, Dan Campbell. <laughs> well, let, let's dive in. Let's talk about some headlines. Uh, I, I want to start off with something that has been probably the hottest topic, in my opinion, around the NFL, and that is your boy, your former boy, Trey Lance. Yep. Um, former boy. Former boy. Obviously, he was traded to the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth round pick. Uh, we know what happened to Trey Lance, how many draft picks the 49ers came up to get him, kind of how his whole story went along. But I have a question for you, and, and I have my own opinions on this, but do you think it was a mistake drafting Trey Lance or was it worth it drafting Trey Lance for the 49ers? Was the whole experience worth it? Uh, well, it wouldn't be a dual threat podcast if I didn't rant out the 49ers. So I, I want to, can I, can I defer this back to you? Play a little bounce back card or Uno reversal card to hear what you have to say before I just absolutely go on a tirade. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to talk about it because I have my own opinions and I haven't really heard these opinions around the NFL mainstream. So okay. for, for me, I think it was totally worth it going for Trey Lance, going all in for probably the p position of need that you needed most. You put all of your assets towards this guy and it didn't work out. The great thing is it, it did work out for the 49ers in the long run because they have their potential franchise quarterback in Brock Purdy. And it doesn't mm. matter how you get that franchise quarterback, whether it's in the first round, whether you gave up four picks to get a, a different guy and then end up going with another guy. 
I, I, in my opinion, it doesn't matter how you get that franchise quarterback as long as you have him. And right now the 49ers have him. So it was worth it in my mind saying, let's go all in on Trey Lance. It didn't work out. We're going to pivot, go to Brock Purdy. And he's a seventh round pick, Mr. Irrelevant on a rookie contract, yeah. exactly what you wanted out of Trey Lance. So I, yeah, maybe it wasn't the best use of all those assets, but I think in my opinion, 100% worth the throw of the dart there. Yeah, I, I see your logic. I, I think if I'm going to answer the question in a vacuum, disregarding the context of like they got Brock free as well, um, it was not worth it at all to trade up for a guy that your head coach who's supposed to be a QB expert didn't even want in the first place. Clearly <laughs> like it's, it's pretty clear to me at this point. I, I tried to disregard the rumors. I tried to disregard what everyone else was saying. Um, Shanahan didn't, I don't think. And even if he like, he, maybe he got more talked into the idea, but I think before draft and when they made that trade, it was not for Trey Lance. It was basically like, all right, well, let's figure out who we want a quarterback because Jimmy Garoppolo is not necessarily the answer and he can't stay healthy. That was more part of it. Um, so I get your logic. However, it's probably because Kyle Shanahan in general, who I love and would never ask to be fired, had literally zero logic about this entire quarterback situation in the first place. Like none of this, none of it, none of his decision-making has made sense. Like I can go through the timeline of all the different quarterbacks he's wanted. um, All of the like mistakes he's made along the way, but I don't know if, I don't know if the people want to hear that. So, I mean, he's, he's gone after like, 18 different quarterbacks he's made it impossible for a quarterback to actually trust him when um the season rolls around you hear it with jimmy g in the headlines this last week like clearly i mean i love jimmy g but clearly his time with the 49ers was a little bit jaded because of how the situation was handled and and i i agree shanahan hasn't followed or done exactly what's right in in the quarterback position but now cementing Brock Purdy as that number one going forward, it, it feels like he's put all of that faith in Brock Purdy. And for me, like, yeah, that's that's really huge for Brock Purdy. That's huge for the 49ers franchise going forward. Yeah, and that's that's hopefully what will happen. But who knows when Brock Purdy has a few rough stretch of games or say he gets injured again, which. We know with the 49ers, that's pretty much destiny. One of their quarterbacks is going to get injured. We've seen in the last four or five years. Um, but imagine, like, I mean, we've we've seen with, even with Trey Lance, like you you put in all of this capital to get a certain guy, and then the night before the draft, you're calling about Aaron Rodgers because <laughs> you're still uncertain about that. Like he, he and and they they pass it off as due diligence say what you want they they said they did their due diligence on Kirk Cousins before then they traded a second rounder for Jimmy Garoppolo who was going to be a free agent that they could have just signed Jimmy Garoppolo and then they gave Jimmy Garoppolo the biggest contract in quarterback history like they they can't they this management can't seem to make up their mind and they are so lucky that they have drafted well in the late rounds and build built a team through the late rounds of the draft because 
in theirs in this regime, there's one first rounder that they've hit on two, I guess, with Brandon Ayuk. It's Nick Bosa. There's there's eight other first rounders they've missed on. Nick so, Bosa's a can't anyway. miss guy though. So yeah, oh yeah, I could have made that pick. You could yeah. you could you could line up anybody in in the entire country, and they probably would would have picked Nick Bosa. So anyway. Okay, so for for you, you're off. saying it's a mistake. Um, I'm saying it's a mistake that ended up working out better than they could have hoped because yeah. to their like to what ended up happening is Brock Purdy's on a way more cute, a way more friendly contract. Um, than and Trey better timeline at this point right now. Oh yeah, I mean, but... and heck, threw more passes last year than Trey Lance has in his entire career. <laughs> And I wanted Lance to work out because I saw the potential every time I watched him. But it also, every time I watched him, was like, there's no way Shanahan likes this guy. So, end okay. of an era. End of an era. Let's move on to another headline, uh, the Jonathan Taylor headline. Big news mm-hmm. around the NFL. The Colts obviously aren't signing Jonathan Taylor to a huge extension. They put him on the pup list. What do you think? Do you think he'll be playing this year? And if so, where do you think he will play? Once he does get traded from the Colts or maybe he plays for the Colts. What do you think? I I mean, at this point, isn't the bridge burned with the Colts? I feel, I feel like there's like no going back at this point. Jim Mersey, you're not going to win in a, uh, in a standoff with Jim Mersey. I feel like in terms of NFL GMs, he's probably like the most, you gotta be a top three stubborn GM. <laughs> who, who else? Who else is in that category? Jerry Jones, maybe. Uh, yeah. Jerry Jones. Uh, I don't know. Bill Belichick, owner. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady, <laughs> uh, owner. Yeah, basically. I I I think he will play this year, but I think it'll be because he just ends up getting traded at some point, and I assume it'll be like probably like a couple weeks into the season. I don't think they'll drag it out as long as people expect. Okay, and and what team do you I'm think? I'm no insider. Okay, I like it. What what are your teams that you think he could, or what's your number one team you think Jonathan Taylor could be traded to? Number one team he could be traded to? Um, I mean, I know the scuttlebutt is the Dolphins, but I but I haven't scouted out which team I'd like to see him on most, if that's what you're asking. No, no, no. Right now, as you're thinking, so yeah, the scuttlebutt is the Dolphins, but do you think he's actually going to the Dolphins? Or if you had to make an educated guess right now, where do you think he'd play? I, I, for some reason, I like seeing him in Denver just because that offense needs as much help as it can get. And I know they're trying to go back to like establishing the run. Um, And they, they still have Javante Williams, but he's a major question mark coming off the injury he is. So I I think like in my mind it makes sense for him to go to a place like Denver, not knowing anything about the cap situation whatsoever. So okay, I there has also been scuttlebutt about Green Bay reaching out to Indianapolis and doing their due diligence. I don't know how real that is. I honestly see him more going to the Vikings over going to the Packers. To be one hundred percent honest, even though they just gave up Dalvin Cook. Jonathan Taylor's much younger than Dalvin Cook, a lot less mileage on him. So either way, well, the Packers are trying, finally trying to get a weapon for Aaron Rodgers. Right? <laughs> <Just> trying, <laughs> finally trying to get a, a second round running back, at least. 
<laughs> get a get a top wide receiver, Jonathan Taylor, the wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. supreme dump off candidate. <laughs> I that's that's kind of all the NFL headlines I have. Scooter, do you have any other before we move on to some golf news, some golf talk? No, let's talk about the real. Let's talk about the real hard hitting news this week. Okay, well, which one do you want to start with? What happened in the actual golf world or what happened in our golf world? <laughs> Probably the actual golf golf oh, world. Oh, okay, okay. So as, as we all we'll know... We'll save the best for last. Yeah, we'll save the best for last. So as we all know, yeah. big year this year. Scotty Scheffler, another great year. John Rahm, a good year. Um, But the FedEx Cup winner was Victor Hovland. So it's it's kind of been a crazy year. Justin Thomas hasn't been great this year pretty wild year what are some of your thoughts into this golf season what are your thoughts going into the Ryder Cup Justin Thomas made the cut for the Ryder Cup and, and a lot of people are questioning that uh, but what are what are some of your thoughts among uh, about the golf season and about the Ryder Cup that's coming up all I learned about golf this year was that the only thing in golf that matters is putting because apparently Scotty Scheffler set like every record about strokes gained off the tee and in the fairway, like on approaches um, that anyone ever has. And he was like 30th in putting at the FedEx Cup championship. And I think he out of 30. And I think if if they didn't do the staggered scoring, what would he have finished? 30th, maybe 28th. And he's. <laughs> you, you're saying overall. 25th? Hold on. I, I'll have to yeah. get it up and figure it out. I mean, he he was like, I also saw a stat that he was fourth all time in average score to par for any season. Like Tiger was number one, two, and three for different seasons. And then Scotty Scheffler's season this year was fourth. I think it was and sixth and so, Tiger had the top five. Or was it just oh, okay. the top three? Either way, Tiger had all the ones above him. Yeah, but the, I mean, to be in the, the vicinity as that, as what Tiger was doing in the early 2000s, late 90s, like historically good year for Sky Scheffler, yet still, I, I bet if you asked him right now, he'd be like, it's, it was a disappointing year, despite how much money he still won. <laughs> he could have won so much money if that guy knew how to putt, but he was three putting from seven feet. He was like me out there. It was you know, It was great to see. It was great to see myself out on the... Of course, I think early yeah. in the year, he was a little bit better at putting something about the year going on. He just kept getting worse and worse as he was putting kind of weird. Kind of interesting. Totally. And it was fun. Like, I'm not giving any respect to the guy who actually won, who Hovland is great. Like, if you could have if I if you could have put up like a list of people who I would have wanted to win it, it Hob, Hovland would have been near the top. He's he's a lot of fun to root for. He's a great face for the game of golf. And I hope he gets his butt kicked in the Ryder Cup. <laughs> yeah. Speaking about the Ryder Cup, the European teams only had a few people that have been announced so far. Uh, Luke Donald, John Rahm, Rory, Victor Hovland, and Tyrrell Hatton. Um, mm. in, in, unless you have something updated a little bit more recently, I'm not seeing anything right now. Um, but this uh, this was I, earlier I this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good top four. Yeah, great top four. I'm trying to think, trying to think of who else they're going to get. Rumor is maybe. Uh... No, that didn't make any sense. I was going to say somebody who isn't even from Europe. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, Canada, you could use a Canadian. I was going to say Ernie Els. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I maybe no. Ernie Els could go. Yeah. No, he's South African. Oh, um, Scooter. I, the thing is, is here, here like, I, I truly want to see how big of an advantage it is to be in Rome for the Ryder Cup. Because I don't know, like, do Italians care about golf that much? Like, who, who's the... Who's the biggest like golfer from Italy? Guido Migliozzi. Yeah, is it Mig? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, like they gotta put him on the team. Um. Yeah, and Europe's much smaller than the United States, right? So like, getting yeah. from England to to Rome is a pretty quick flight. It's like going from like Washington down to Phoenix. So there's gonna yeah. be quite a few people that are making it from these other countries. Yeah, that's that's true, and they'll also I forgot about Tommy Fleetwood. He's been he's been really good this year and fun to watch. So they're they're gonna be solid. I how, do we do we discuss the Justin Thomas thing? The 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 discourse. There was an outrage on social media about that pick. Um, yeah, I I mean we can talk about the team real quick. Some of the highlights for me for the USA Ryder Cup: Scotty Scheffler, obviously Brian Harmon, automatic qualifier. Our boy. Friend of the podcast, Brian Harmon. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. most uh, most mentioned golfer on the podcast. I think. I think he actually is. Uh, Brooks yeah. Kepska, he's back. Ricky Fowler's back, and Sam Burns kind of. I I don't know. Sam Burns was kind of last pick in, but Justin Thomas. What are what are come some of your thoughts about Justin Thomas being in here? Um, everybody's saying like it's the whole. The only reason he's in is because he's buddy 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 with speed but like look at the guy's match play record and tell me he's not fit for moments like this where like the thing about golf is like guys golf games can switch at the drop of the hat all they need is the right moment all they need is the right tournament and i have nothing but faith in justin thomas despite watching him fail miserably all year long so why can't he turn it around all of a sudden in like the event he lived for I, I agree. And I think the way he finished the season, um, it was kind of like heartbreaking for him. So I think he's going to have that passion and that like motivation to go out and prove himself in this Ryder Cup, which I like. I think that's great. Totally. He's going to be thinking about that, uh, that chip in he had to make the FedEx Cup or whatever, hitting the pin like all, all week, the, all leading up to it. And hopefully it, it uh, causes some causes a, a, a good fire in him not a bad fire so yeah. um, how can you not like let's say what you want about the teams i know keegan bradley got snubbed like let's just root for the root for our boys now it's time we can do we got to be back in we got to be back in team usa at this point back at the blue i've always <laughs> said that yeah you've always backed the blue <laughs> well should should we finish out our highlights real quick talking about the real top golf tournament of the year um i yeah probably the most talked about tournament across the board uh this is called the the bbjt biggest tournament of the year bbjt this year our tournament our four-man tournament was down in st george this last weekend played at some really cool courses had a good time what what are some of your thoughts on bbjt what kind of recap do you want to give here scooter uh all i know is the purse definitely wasn't as big as the fedex cup unfortunately but his fourth place would have paid 
paid pretty nice. May, may, may have been just enough to recoup the cost to play <laughs> Black Desert Course. But I will say this. It was as pristine of a golf course as I think I will ever see in my life. Like, I could not notice. There was not a single blade of grass that had anything wrong with it. I spent a lot of time in the sand, was getting very familiar with the beach. That was lovely as well as like hitting off of a cloud. Um, wasn't an easy cloud to hit off by any means, but it was just, it, even like the golf carts, like I sat in the golf cart and I thought I was driving like a, a, a motorized love sack, basically. Awesome carts. That was like the first thing I said when I sat down was, oh, it just felt so good dropping it. <laughs> It was like a purple mattress. Like you're just laying down on a purple mattress and you just sink in so perfectly. It was incredible. Yeah. The, the, the scenes were majestic. Like if you love like desert golf, like links style golf, like I don't know of a better, like a, a prettier golf course and in, in, that comes to mind right off the bat. So it was, the, I, I can't believe we got away with somehow getting to play on that course and, they let us hack it up before PGA Tours players go play it next year, but by all means, it was it was uh, it was legit. It was it was super legit. Uh, the most iconic hole, in my opinion, was the one with the lava rock coming up out of the hole in the middle of the fairway. It's a that long par five, multiple yep. pieces of lava rock, kind of in the middle of your shot, almost like right where you want to hit. So super cool. Absolutely amazing. I can't wait to watch the PGA professionals play there. And and thank you to our wives for, for joining BBJT this year. We we got to go out and play nine holes with our wives and then do a nine hole scramble. Super fun. Probably the best BBJT so far, in my opinion. Uh, it was a more destination one, but I'm excited for next year. I lost out on that brown jacket. I'm excited to get it back next year. It's it's all going to depend where our buddy Tanner uh, ends up picking the tournament. I think that's going to have a lot to do with who wins it. If he picks my home course, Fillmore, I, I think I'll be all right. <laughs> We've been riding Fillmore. Fillmore might be getting on the books. Fillmore is is absolutely a destination golf course. There's no way we can do that in year six. Has to be a year ten thing. Yeah, we'll need like five days to go through that course. It'll be oh, legit. Yeah play a 72 hole uh, tournament at <laughs> more country club <laughs> to do 72 holes there i think we'd have to play i think it's a nine hole course so we'd have to play oh, eight times <laughs> oh my gosh i drove i will say this like on my way home from st george i drove you drive right by it on i-15 it, it looks it looks fine yeah it looks good it doesn't look horrible yeah, yeah. okay well, good. That, <laughs> that wraps up all of our headlines for, for the beginning of this year. Uh, let's go on to our new segment, Scooter. We're, we're going to try a new segment out, see how it goes. Why don't you explain this segment and then we can dive in? Well, we're going to do our best because we're trying to make it's year four and we, we're trying to give the people what they want. And you know what the people love the most, Hague? It's It's golf. That's the sport of the future. As much as football is, um, golf is just about the same so as golf season sails into the sunset we want to do it justice by including it somewhat in our football um overviews each week you'll know how well this went by if by week two we've already completely abandoned it 
So, but for for the sake of explaining, what we want to do is we want to 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 take every podcast as if it is its own hole in golf. We're gonna play a par four essentially every week, where Hagen and I are each gonna have um, four shots per podcast or four takes that we want to say. And this week won't serve as the the first official week, but in weeks coming, we're going to try to predict things right or right about the upcoming week in the NFL. And if we get it right, then if say we get all four takes right, that means we parred the hole. Um, and if we miss any of the takes, say we miss one for the week, that means we get a bogey. So we want to try to make it interesting, keep ourselves accountable to the the nonsense that we're constantly spewing. So this week we're going to try to make the uh, the subjects as fun as we possibly can. Um, anything else I missed, Hag, before we dive into me teeing off? Uh, yeah, the only thing you missed is we can never go under par. <laughs> We're True. always well, we're yeah. always shooting our real scores in golf. We can never go under par. I, I wanted to keep it as authentic to our games as possible. You know, maybe if we like absolutely nail a take, I say we could like if we get something on the head where like you get the exact like the to the right number, you get a bird. I don't know. I we'll mean, have to figure that out. We'll no dial birdies. that in. There were, there were no birdies to be found for me at Black Desert. There probably won't be any any of this season and here's the thing like you play 18 holes we got 18 weeks of the nfl season they goes hand in hand right perfect perfectly hand in hand so let's dive into our first shot on this par four scooter uh, our first question here is who are the three quarterbacks you'd want to see in season two of quarterback the netflix series so would you like to start off or do you want me to start off i got it you okay you're pointing you at honors. me yeah, the honors. We've got honors. I've got honors over here. I'm going to go with three quarterbacks. I thought long and hard, and there were multiple quarterbacks I could have put in this, but I went Derek Carr with the Saints, Brock Purdy with the Niners, and Bryce Young with the Panthers. I think it'd be sweet to see Derek Carr leaving his city, Las Vegas Raiders, uh, Brock Purdy coming off an injury and trying to lead a potential Super Bowl team, and then Bryce Young, a rookie. I think all three of those things would be super awesome for me, in, in my opinion, seeing these three guys on quarterback. Yeah, obviously I have a bias for the second one, and I would love to see that, but I, I do think it would be really fascinating to see how a rookie approaches the game like Bryce Young or even just CJ Stroud. I don't really care between the two or even Anthony Richardson, really, because they probably would approach it very differently, but it would be really fascinating to see how, I mean, I just, at the end of the day, I want guys with personality because I, I try, I tried to like Marcus Mariota very hard, but it was like watching a cardboard box for, (laughs) Every moment moment on camera for him. So as long as Bryce Young can bring something to the table, something, some sort of entertainment, I would, I'd be all for it. Derek Carr, he's, he'd be great too, because he's got to have some sort of secret life in like a nineties rock band, right? Like with the eyeliner he's wearing. I I think Derek Carr is, would be Kirk Cousins 2.0, super religious. Mm. Oh, that's a good point. You're right wife picks out all of his clothes or like something stupid like that's going to come out about Derek Carr. I know it. Dude, Kirk is the people loved Kirk because of that. Like Kirk used to be the punching bag. 
I feel like before before this Netflix series, and then everybody I talked to been like, I just love Kirk Cousins now. He's he's so cute, and he's such a good family man, and and he is. I was just like, I I was thought he was kind of awkward, but I mean, <laughs> great guy. Apparently, he's kind of awkward. <laughs> got that handlebar mustache though, and the ladies love him now. Hey, quarterback, it does good things for people. Peyton Manning's going to put quarterbacks in a good light. He's not going to bring them down. True. Well, my my three, if you're ready. Um, ready. We're ready. I, I'm going I'm going with Jimmy G. I'm going with a guy I thought you would have picked, Lamar Jackson. And I'm going with third to round it out, Justin Herbert. And I'll give you some reason. I know I picked like two, like more on the elite end of quarterbacks. I would prefer that just because I do want to see like the guys who are like at the top of their game right now. Um, Jimmy, obviously Jimmy G being one of those two. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy G, I just need to know as someone who like, I I watched this guy for the last six years. I need to know what goes on behind the scenes in Jimmy G's life because there's, I don't think there's ever been like a more secretive, like less candid, like he is the most political quarterback I think I've ever seen in my life. Like I know nothing about Jimmy G's personal life other than like a few stories I've read from the athletic. Like he's, he's locked up and I think we need to know more, a little bit more about that guy. Um, then Lamar, like, give me the most like eccentric personality. I think of any quarterback in the NFL, like I loved watching Mahomes. I loved watching how he approached every game and like all the, the stuff that went into every single week for him, like not just the physical side, but also the mental side. I think Lamar would just be hilarious. I I'm not even sure Lamar prepares for games and then he just comes and falls out the next week so i think that would be really fun and then justin herbert sneaky funny guy when you've listened to interviews of him he sounds like he's still in like eighth grade when you talk to him because he just like he's like your teenage kid that wants nothing to do with like who he's talking to and it's just like unintentionally hilarious so i think he'd be funny too okay i like them all i i just I don't know why I didn't go with a superstar. You probably went the right route getting a couple superstars. I just went with the most like, oh, what storyline would I really like to see? Who And and I really chose a rookie because I would really love to see how rookies fare in mm-hmm. the NFL, how it is different for them, how they approach the game as a rookie. So I, I don't know, but I, I really love yours. It could be funny seeing Jimmy G, you know, Maybe an underground porn star. I don't know. In Las Vegas. That could be pretty wild. <laughs> we, we, I clip it. We need the behind the scenes, apparently. I, There's some secrets out there that we're not hearing about about all Jimbo. I mean, that's not our like realm that we're in. Uh, but maybe. Mm. I don't know. I yeah. you never know what Jimmy G. <laughs> okay. All right. That's our good first shot. We're we're off the tee. Now let's go to our second shot here. Long par four. Uh I'm so playing out of the rough for sure. You're playing out of the rough. Okay. I'm trying to be in the fairway. I don't know. We'll we'll see when we get to my ball up there. But our second shot here, the most ex uh or sorry, our favorite non-divisional game of the season. I'm gonna defer to mm. you on this one. Okay. There were Honestly, as I did my research this this week, I was shocked by the amount of games I wanted to pick for this. Um, the schedule is is packed. I mean, 
every year I get excited, but I just go back to the year where we both picked like the Bengals and the Jaguars to play each other when it was Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. Like it was like three years ago, maybe two years ago when uh Trevor Lawrence was a rookie. And if if <laughs> if two teams that didn't make the playoffs were the, was the game we were both most excited about, then clearly there was probably something wrong. But this year I'm picking the Philadelphia Eagles playing home against the Buffalo Bills in week 12. And the reason I'm saying that is because this was a potential Super Bowl matchup I wanted to see once essentially, well, I think once we got to like the divisional game, I think we decided like the 49ers or the the NFC Championship and AFC Championship round. When I decided like if the 49ers were going to lose, I'd probably want to see this most just because the fan base interaction would be um maybe cause a, uh, another civil war not that <laughs> i want to see that but it would be very entertaining um so and, and obviously like arguably the two best teams in each each conference so i i like it a yeah. lot of people are down on the bills right now because of the stefan Diggs situation and von miller being on the pup list but I love that, especially later in the year. That's going to be a potentially huge game for these guys going into the playoffs. So yeah, and I don't care what's going on with the Bills as long as Josh Allen's suiting up. That's that's must-watch television. Yeah, it is. I and two of the top, in my opinion, top four quarterbacks. So I don't know. We were we were high on Jalen Hurts last year. I I mean I'm high on both of these guys again this year. It it'll be a, an awesome game. I let me jump over to my game scooter. I'm choosing a week two game, so wicked early in the season. I'm choosing all downhill from week two. Yeah, exactly. Everything's downhill from that. We peak at week two, so you don't even have to watch after week two. (laughs) I I'm more interested in this game because of the hype around the the home team here, and and the teams are the Chiefs and the Jaguars. The Chiefs are going to Jacksonville. The Chiefs, obviously, reigning Super Bowl champs, best quarterback in the world. And right now, a lot of people are talking about the Jaguars potentially pushing into that conference championship, potentially being the ones to potentially fight off the Chiefs or or go head-to-head with the Chiefs. And so for me, this matchup is really huge because I don't know if Trevor... Personally, I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is as good as a lot of people think he's going to be. And so I think this game will be really telling to see how Trevor Lawrence goes up against Patrick Mahomes. I like it because it's a rematch of that AFC divisional game last year in the playoffs where I was pretty convinced for about a quarter and a half that the Jaguars were actually going to win that game once Mahomes got injured. And so this is, you're right, we get to see like right off the bat Okay, how are the Jaguars gonna gonna actually do when when they're facing Goliath? Like, are they gonna rise to the challenge? Are they gonna have all these high drift draft picks that they've acquired step up, or is it just are they gonna roll over? Um, it's gonna be is that game on national television? Is that on prime time? I don't know. I haven't looked. It is not in prime time. Oh, that's perfect. You got, you got the Saints at the Panthers on Monday Night Football. 
And then we have the Browns and the Steelers also on Monday Night Football. And you're putting these guys at 11 o'clock? Sounds good to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hagen, if there's any job we should have right now, it's like... Please excuse us, as we did have some technical difficulties during this segment. We're going to go to a break. When we come back from the break, we're going to be going over our third shot, our fourth shot, and giving some shout-outs. So stay tuned. As always, thanks for listening to the Dual Threat Podcast. Welcome back from those technical difficulties we just had. Sorry about that. Whatever we are saying during the second shot, we're going to just move on, go on to our third shot. You know, that that second shot, it was just kind of, you know, we're forgetting about it. We're moving on to this third shot now. We're going. A shank. Let's just say it was a shank. It was a shank. Didn't work out as well as we wanted to. So let's move on to our third shot, which this third shot is one that I'm really excited to talk about. And that's our team win props that you like to go over under. So uh, uh, I'll start. And why I like this is because this brings in that betting aspect. You know, if we were to go to Vegas, these are the guys that I would be smashing it at these win totals. So I, I have the Jets under nine and a half. I personally think the Jets are getting a little overhyped. Aaron Rodgers coming in in his first year. Yeah, he has a great wide receiver one. But then after that, it's kind of like a bunch of wide receiver threes. So, yeah, he has multiple wide receiver threes and one wide receiver one. But really outside of that, uh, a struggling offensive line with an aging Aaron Rodgers. I, I think that's going to be tough. Their defense is good, but I think it's going to be tough to break that nine and a half mark and get to that 10 win mark. So I, I'm I'm betting the Jets under nine and a half. Um, you're selling the Jets, huh? Is it is that have to do with the the Rogers animosity more than anything, or is it just like the rest of the roster you're not as sold on? I I think it's more just how their schedule lines up. I think the AFC East is absolutely incredible this year. Uh, you have pe- what was that? Probably the best division besides maybe the AFC North, right? Yeah, I I mean you can make it a a debate for either one. But, I mean, you start off in Buffalo. So if you don't get that week one win, you're already at a loss. Dallas, I'm actually not that high on Dallas. But who knows? Dallas week two, New England in Foxborough week three, Kansas City week four, Denver week five, Philadelphia week six, and then a bye week. Like, there's potential that they start 0-6. Like, it, it's not high. <laughs> but there's potential. And and even if they get wins against the Patriots, the Broncos, and the Cowboys, they're starting three and three. That's not like the hottest start in the world. That doesn't give you much leeway, especially in the AFC East, to finish with 10 wins. So that's why I'm kind of betting the Jets under. I really don't know how they're going to do to start the year 
Rodgers in a new kind of new system, new area, different Rodgers. I don't know how it's all going to fare out for them. So if they are one and five or two and four through those first six games, I, I think they're going to have a rough back half of the year. Well, I think their schedule is very front loaded. So I actually think they could go on a run the second half of the season. I, I, I can get down with what you're saying. The, the, the thing that's hard is like you throw the, the Jets in the AFC South and I feel like they run away with the division, which is just the difficult aspect of NFL football. Like it all really, it really depends on taking advantage of what the rest of your division is doing season by season. And they're, unfortunately for Jets fans, this is probably the most hype season they've ever had. And yet there's really two teams that are competing for the top. And one of them isn't even necessarily one of them is led. One of them isn't the one that's led by Bill Belichick. So it's essentially in my mind, definitely the, the most difficult division of football. So I can get, I can get behind you on that. I mean, even in their back half, they start with the Giants, who who knows what the Giants are going to be. And then the Chargers, they play Buffalo again. They play Miami twice and they finish in New England. Like that's still like a I mean, yeah, they have Houston, Atlanta, Las Vegas. So there are some more cupcake games in that back half. But still, it, I I don't know. I think it's a lot tougher. It's hard to gel when you're a first year quarterback in in a certain area with these certain players like Roger is. So I don't know. I I am betting if if it were me, I'm betting the Jets under. But that's just me. Sorry New York media. I'm I'm sorry all our New York fans. I'm betting the under. You're going to have every one of Joe Rogan's podcast listeners after you in your DMs just furious with you. The first thing they've ever heard about football in there. They're going to be mad. Um, <laughs> my my under is, and I just want it on the record that if I were to take an under of a team last year, it was going to be the Giants, and that was a historically bad take. <laughs> so take this with a grain of salt. But my under is none other than the three years removed Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Hagan. I was looking through the over-unders, doing my research. It's got to be a joke that the Buccaneers line is set at six and a half. You know what I thought was a joke? The fact that the Buccaneers aren't the lowest. There's actually a team two spots lower than the, or two wins lower than the Buccaneers. Yeah, and that was the... Come on, this is the old... This is the team throwing oh, away the, the whole season. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was the Cardinals, which hammer that under too. Yeah. But the Buccaneers be right there in the, the cellar with them. Like, what what are we what are the odds makers doing here at this? I'm looking at the schedule as well. I don't even need to look at the schedule. I'm looking at the depth chart, which I, I challenge any NFL, any podcaster even to name more than more starters than more than like five starters on the Buccaneers. Let's name we'll them. Give them. Well, um, you're looking know, at the. Know Mike Evans. No, I'm not looking at the depth chart right now. Okay, they're, so we got Mike name, Evans. They're going to name. They're going to name. Um, Godwin. <laughs> Godwin. Baker Mayfield. Cameron and Rashad Bray. White. Rashad White. Okay. Most most podcasters that aren't real leatherheads aren't going to know Cameron Bray. Joe Tryon um, Shoinka. 
We got six. But and they've got Tristan Wirfs. But that's oh, yeah. because we're we're, we're pigskin guys, all right? We're real but, leather heads. Yes, here's the thing. Let's go down the schedule. At Vikings, loss. Bears, loss. Eagles, loss. Saints, maybe a win. Lions, loss. Falcons, maybe a win. The only reason they have six and a half is because they're playing in the NFC South as well. And the, so, and they're out of division. Like, you know how you always play a different division? They're playing the AFC South as the other division they play against. Yes. yes. But even still, they are going to be garbage this year. So six and a half, outrageous to me. Okay. They're not, they're not winning seven games. Um, No. <laughs> Well, I, I think what win. the odd makers are doing, the odds makers are sitting here saying, well, it's Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick. He's always done best when people have doubted him. Here he is. I don't know. That's yep. the only thing I can think about. Yeah, they'll they're, he'll do that for one game and he'll go right back to the dumper. So here's the thing about this is they get, sure, they get six games against the division. They're not winning all six games. Then they get the four games versus AFC South. They'll maybe split that. They'll maybe get two. The rest of the teams that they're playing on their schedule are ridiculous. They're playing the Vikings. They're playing the Eagles. They're playing the Bills. They're playing the 49ers. They're playing the Packers and Jaguars. Like, maybe the Packers aren't, because they've got the NFC North. So, who knows how good that's going to be. But, anyway, I, I've said my piece. Okay. I, I really love it. I I would honestly <laughs> smash it maybe i'll parlay this maybe i'll go down to vegas i'll parlay a jets under to- win total and bucks under win total because i'm feeling really good about both of these guys right Girl, now. let's throw the cardinals in there and say all together they'll get no less than like 15 wins the cardinals maybe. the only thing i'm i'm worried about is if kyler did come back and just to what prove lose like, by a little bit less <laughs> I don't know. I would just, I feel like Kyler would have a chip on his shoulder and somehow win like three games. That's still under four and a half. So, yeah. Kyler's not coming back to that absolute just wasteland of a receiving core. There's no way. He's going to keep playing Call of Duty the whole season and then try to request the trade. There's just no way. They're running out Joshua Dobbs at quarterback. Maybe. Clayton Toon. Maybe Clayton Toon. (laughs) Yeah, and give me Joshua Dobbs over Clayton Toon. So, anyway, <laughs> okay, it's that's let's let's yeah let's move on. I have no beef with these unders. If I was in Vegas right now, I'd probably throw a couple bucks down on a parlay for both of these unders hitting. I I would do it. Yeah, all I'm saying is I'm feeling great about this third shot already, and we haven't even given the overs. This is a great approach shot. I'm feeling it. So so let's go to our overs. I'll give mine. You give yours. I'm. Oh, how do I put this? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to spin this one. I am feeling positive about a team that many people aren't feeling positive about. They have a rookie quarterback that I don't believe in, but he's not going to be the starter. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill is going to lead this Tennessee Titans team again. And I really don't think it's the ten. I don't think it's Tannehill 
that's going to be leading the charge as much as Mike Vrabel, the defense, Derrick Henry coming back and hopefully having even some sort of like decent year that he can set up the run uh, along with Ty J Spears as, as his backup running back. Uh, the Titans are currently sitting at seven and a half. And for me, I'm sitting here thinking DeAndre Hopkins potentially having a, a good year. Traylon Burks potentially benefiting from DeAndre Hopkins, the DeAndre Hopkins acquisition. So I'm sitting yeah. here saying last year they had seven wins. I'm going to bet the over. I'm going to bet the over. I, I mean, I look at their schedule. They play the Saints. Who knows week one of the Saints what they're going to be. They play the Browns. Who knows what that's going to be. Colts, they do play the Ravens, but they play the Falcons, the Buccaneers. They go to that NFC South where they play Falcons, Buccaneers, Panthers, Colts. Uh, they'll play the Texans twice. Seahawks, maybe Geno Smith has a, a pretty big regression. I'm not sure, but I'm feeling the over for the Tennessee Titans. How are you? How are you feeling about that? You, you said like the longer you went on, I think you got more confident, and then it, the the sound of the confidence wave came on the decline. I'm just realizing if Ryan Tannehill gets hurt, which he probably will. Will Levis will have to win some of those games. And I am the I am completely against Will Levis. So I I mean, I told you we talked about the NFL during the offseason, and I told you, Will Levis, he can't throw left. I don't like Will Levis. So that's true. Here's what I'll say in support of your argument. Um, anytime I think the Titans are gonna be just downright putrid, that's when they have their best seasons. And I don't necessarily think they're going to be putrid this year, but I don't really see much more. Like, I think they'll be in the middle of the pack team again. So watch them go ahead and just outright win the AFC South over the Jaguars, who that's typically what Mike Brable does. So, <laughs> well, right there with you. Okay. I, I may not be throwing this one in my parlay, but it's, it's on there for me. It's on there. Yeah. yeah. It's stuck. You know, you didn't stick it right next to you. You'll have, you'll have a chance to putt. Um, my team, a team I rode very hard last year until the wheels, I sensed the wheels were falling off. I'm going with the, the Minnesota Vikings again. It was probably the one thing I did get right before the year that the Vikings were going to have a really good year. And for them to have eight and a half as their win total seems almost disrespectful to them. They, they had what, 12 wins last year? Yeah, and I think 10 I of them came were like single-digit wins. So Oh, yeah. They had the absolute most lucky season of all time. Um, but here's the thing. Okay, so they had 13 wins. So they, there's no possible fathomable way that statistically they could be worse on defense. So there has to be some improvement <laughs> in that regard. And – I still think Kirk Cousins is going to be fine. He's going to get them wins. They have the best receiver in the NFL. They added another weapon to help out to free up Justin Jefferson. So I I like that. I like that prop big time. I probably like that more than I even like the Bucks under. Wow, over eight and a half. You know, I I'm kind of shocked that I'll, I've heard rumblings around the league that people are saying this is Kirk Cousins last year in Minnesota. Dak Prescott's going to come up to Minnesota next year. 
I honestly, I'm shocked. Like what, what's the difference between Dak and Kirk? Kirk doesn't turn it over as much as Dak. Like that's the only difference between the two, in my opinion. Uh, but I, I think a lot of people are kind of bagging on this year's Vikings team, but you have the number one receiver in the league who could potentially go off for 2000 yards and multiple touchdowns and basically keep you in every single game. I, I see eight and a half over as pretty much a lock as well. Um, yeah. And I just feel like everyone has anointed the lions because we all want to see the lions do well. They have their over under is, is nine and a half. Um, the NFC North is going to be kind of a shiz show in terms of like, it's just going to be teams beating up on each other. If the Vikings can manage to at least get some, wins out of their division i think they'll be in a good spot they do have they do kind of have a, a tougher schedule part i i guess they play philadelphia they play the chargers they play the chiefs they play the 49ers they play the broncos they play they play the Bengals. so those are like some harder teams they play outside their division but they could they could honestly end up winning three out of three of those and still be in a very good situation well yeah and they they finished first in their division last year so that and that makes their division that much harder already because you play the, the team that finished first in the other division. So I I just I just feel like for them to regress by five wins essentially when not really too much roster change happened. And I, I think I think it'll be close, but I, I see them at least getting 10 wins and and being in the wild card hunt. Okay. I for, well, your third shot, you put this within like this is a this is a easily makeable putt. You're within five feet. You got one well, final stroke let's not here. Say that. Let's not say that until we actually see what the Vikings do this year. Well, I'm all in on them. I'm a I'm a big believer, especially fantasy. I'm a big believer in the Vikings this year. So you got a five foot putt okay. here, Scooter. Let's go to our fourth shot and see how you actually fare. See if you if you do potentially bury this for par. Uh, our fourth shot here is. About fantasy, who is your favorite fantasy sleeper for the year? And and maybe say what you think a fantasy sleeper is. Like, is it like after the average draft position of 100? Is it a guy a lot of people aren't talking about that you think is going to have a great year? What do you think's a, a fantasy sleeper for you? Probably just someone who I haven't heard a nauseating amount about, about how they like, gained 25 pounds of pure muscle in the off season and they grew four inches and they've been training all year with their quarterback. I haven't heard a lick about Christian Kirk all off season when he had a really solid season last year. And it's all thanks to the Jaguars bringing in Calvin Ridley, who everyone is very hyped on. And I just want to remind people, how long has it been since Calvin Ridley's played football? A year and a half about yeah, it feels like it's been almost two years. And we've only ever seen Calvin Ridley when he's next to like the best wide receiver in the NFL. So I think he Calvin Ridley will have a, a pretty good year, but I think he'll also command the respect of a wide receiver one, opening up Christian Kirk a lot more, um, who already has a good rapport with Trevor Lawrence and it was kind of Trevor Lawrence's safety blanket last year. So I like Christian Kirk a lot. I think he's like around 75 um 75th ranked player i just think he's a guy that i think of a sleeper as a guy who like no one is talking about 
Um, no one's saying you must go get this guy or he's great value. I just am like, I watched this guy all last year and he was putting up solid numbers every single week with Trevor Lawrence and no one cares. And, and I think the Jaguars team and what they're going to do on offense, they're going to pass the ball and they're going to set up plays that are going to open up players like Christian Kirk to get open and maybe get some yak yards. So I, I think that's an awesome pick. He's not really being talked about. There's a lot of other players being talked about and Christian Kirk's kind of flying under the radar. So I love that pick. I'm also going to take a wide receiver as torn between a wide receiver and a running back here, but I'm, I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson of the Steelers. Uh, I, I mean, he's getting drafted around that same spot as Christian Kirk. They're kind of in that same mold, like in the mid seventies, uh, not really being talked about a lot. I feel like Deontay Johnson last year didn't have one touchdown and I, I man, I'm trying to remember how many catches he had last year. I'll look that up. Yeah, like 80. Yeah, I think it was at least 80. Let me look. Let me, I I got my stats here. He had 86 receptions for 882 yards and zero touchdowns. I think at some point he's going to have to have at least two touchdowns, right? On 86 receptions and a second year, Kenny Pickett, hopefully a little bit better, finds Deontay Johnson in some better spots. I, I'm really high on Deontay Johnson this year. I think he's going to have a great year. I'm stoked about him. I got him in our fantasy league, and maybe I reached a little bit for him. But for me, getting a guy that gets 88 catches, a guy that should get a couple more touchdowns than zero, I, I'm thinking, you know, th- this guy could be potentially a wide receiver one in, in that area. But getting drafted in the seventh round, that's pretty huge for me. So... Deontay Johnson's my guy I want to keep a lookout on. So I, I, I'm i feeling it. I don't know. I mean, he's the same situation where like all the hype is going to be around George Pickens for him all year long. He's going to be like, he's just like a, I don't even know how to describe They They really are very similar players. The more I think about it, him, Deontay Johnson and Christian Kirk. Um, whereas like everybody thought Christian Kirk was always a burner, but I feel like he's more just like an underneath, like kind of, quick route runner that yeah. like Deontay Johnson, the similar thing. It's just, he's always had the dropsies. So he's going <laughs> to, he's going to end up with more touchdowns this year, obviously. Okay. That's yeah. my lock. He's gonna end up with more touchdowns. <laughs> well, as long as he ends up with more than zero, yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. Uh, who do you have yeah. any honorable mentions here for like players that you think are going to break out this year? It doesn't have to be for fantasy, but just overall. No, because right now I'm going back through my predictions of last year. I wanted to revisit who my who my fantasy sleeper of the year was, but I don't I don't think we did this last year. I can't remember if we took a fantasy sleeper last year. I'm looking at my predictions right now. I have best future bet on the year. I have Giants start the year 0 and 8. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> that was a lot. I did have circus of the year, Cleveland Browns. They were quite the circus. Um, Matt Rule is fired first. I don't hear Urban Meyer of the year award. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry to distract from your actual question. No, what a good man! I forgot about the Urban Meyer of the year award. We might need to bring that back. Mm. Best sophomore QB. Too soon. I had Trey Lance. 
I think I had Mac Jones, so we were both uh, spot on. We never, we never knew, we never knew ye Trey Lance. Uh, we might never know. Well, I have a couple honorable mentions about players that I think could break out. I'm going to say Isaiah Pacheco. I think, you know, last year in the Chiefs offense, he was a rookie. Good year. But his speed, um, the way that the Chiefs are potentially going to use him more this year, I think he could be an awesome player to watch. Maybe one of the top running backs in terms of receptions, coming out of the backfield, getting some good catches and still getting some good runs where he breaks off a couple of big runs. He's an awesome little player. I think Miles Sanders is someone that people aren't talking about. He had a great year last year, obviously because of the Philadelphia Eagles success, but going to Carolina where he's really going to be the sole back, he's going to be Bryce Young's safety blanket. In my opinion, when you need a check down, Miles Sanders is hopefully going to be there. Hopefully he'll get you some runs. Uh, I'm trying to think of any, anyone else. Uh, I think Zach Charbonnet from the Seattle Seahawks, you may not like to hear this scooter, but if Kenneth Walker goes down, Zach Charbonnet, honestly, incredible, incredible back for UCLA. I think he has all the potential to be a, a good NFL back. So those are probably my my three guys that I'd want to highlight and say give an honorable mention to. Well, I do like the last one because I have both of those running backs and a lot of um fantasy drafts that I've done. So I uh I like it. I like Pacheco a lot too and feel like he's gonna just be maybe command the backfield for I, honestly all three of them because Sanders too he's finally out of the just sludge of running backs that the Eagles have so he'd have his own spot. So I'm drafting them all hey. Okay, put them on the list. I love it. Try, try to stop me. Okay, I'll try to stop you. Well that that rounds up this week's episode the episode before the season scooter do you have anything else before we go on to our shout outs i do not hey i'm all out of shout outs you're all out of shout outs too you've got no shout out oh i'll come up with one okay i've got a shout out i just saw this uh i'm going to shout out aaron Rodgers. i saw this barstool mm. gambling posted this on their instagram and it says Aaron Rodgers is officially the oldest player in the NFL. Here are the major sports franchises that did not exist when Aaron Rodgers was born. Listen to this list. There are so many teams. Baltimore Ravens, Carolina Panthers, Houston Texans, Jacksonville Jaguars, Charlotte Hornets, Memphis Grizzlies, Miami Heat, Minnesota Timberwolves, Toronto Raptors, Arizona Diamondbacks, Colorado Rockies, Florida Marlins, Tampa Bay Rays, Anaheim Ducks, Columbus Blue Jackets, Florida Panthers, Minnesota Wild, Nashville Predators, Ottawa Senators, San Jose Sharks, Seattle Kraken, Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, most of those are NHL teams, but like... (laughs) Basically every NHL team. But man, I can't even imagine that like the Baltimore Ravens weren't around when... Aaron Rod- like the Baltimore Ravens feel like a s- historic franchise already to me just because of how much success they've had since 1995. Yeah, I could have sworn the Baltimore like Colts to Baltimore Ravens move. I could have sworn that was in like the 60s. The fact that it came after 1983 doesn't make any sense in my brain. It's just wild to me hearing all these like even just like basketball franchises, the Miami Heat weren't around when Aaron Rodgers was born. 
That's crazy. Yeah. What were they? Early nineties? I can't remember. I'll I'll get on that. But shout out to Aaron Rodgers for being that old. Did you see the clip of him this week saying I don't even know who you are to the to the guy in preseason? Oh, that like Giants defender. Yes, and that guy had the the gall to say that he didn't know who Aaron Rodgers is. I, I like the trash talk. I respect the trash talk. You can't. You got to come up with something that's that's a little bit more truthful than that. That's a, that's just outright outright outrageous. Aaron Rodgers is is with is he the most to people who don't know even know anything about football? Is he the most recognizable name in the NFL right now, or is it Mahomes? Uh, probably Mahomes. Burrow's actually I, probably up there because Burrow like gets a lot of clout from the girls, you know, because he's a good looking guy. Um, but Mahomes is probably number one, I would say. I think it's still Rodgers, dude. I think if you pulled people who haven't watched football in their entire lives, just all the stuff they've heard about him in the media because of all of his headlines recently, it's got to be Rodgers. I'm looking up things right now. I'm trying to see if there's any. You don't know who Aaron Rodgers is. It's the stupidest trash I've ever heard. I don't even like the guy himself. Um, Horrible trash talk. Horrible. Yep. That's like saying you don't Uh, know who like Dan Marino is. I think I think Rodgers is better. Okay, I I wouldn't (laughs) I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, just like Um, shocking. That's like saying you don't know who. Yep. Uh huh. George George W. Bush is. Yeah. Okay. I could I could get behind that. We need to start coming up with like a who's more recognizable meter, like <laughs> NFL players or politicians. We should know public. It's got to be NFL players. I think so. I don't. I couldn't name like five politicians, probably. <laughs> well, anyway, my my shout out is not to another old old fogey. It's actually to uh, the young bucks, the new generation. It's to the three kiddos between the two of us who are from what I know, fast asleep right now and letting us get back on the grind, letting us get back into the realm of podcasting. I, I missed it. It's nice to be back. Um, send the, send the facts. Like Michael Jordan said, I'm back. So, but it's us. It's we're back. We're back. Shout out to the kiddos. Thanks. Thanks to those three little kiddos for finally getting some sleep. We appreciate it. It's true. Only took four hours tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's not that bad. Way to go. (laughs) Well, thank you all for joining us. We hope you have a great first week in the NFL. We'll be recapping week one, coming back with, with our new golf segment, hoping everything works out. We hope you have a great week. We'll check you back later here on the Dual Threat Podcast. See ya.